0: The Spot Track Podcast,
1: talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports.
0: Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Keep up with all the winter sports, off seasons, in-seasons, of course the transactions. There's no better place. Breaking news, real-time commentary, and powerful stories. Get it all at The Athletic, home to incredible storytelling, relentless reporting, and of course, all of the analytics you need. Getting better every day. Every single day I log in, I see something new that it piques my interest in terms of sports business, analytics, some sort of numbers-driven piece that uh, kind of inspires me to get going throughout the day. The Athletic delivers everything you need for every sport that matters. Download the app, follow your favorite teams and leagues, and get a personalized feed of ad-free content that you simply cannot get anywhere else. Visit theathletic.com slash track today. Get yourself 40% off your first year subscription my name is Mike Jenny. Happy Monday morning. Here's the plan. Scott Allen, of course, we've got to talk some NBA. We're going to get around the league as much as possible with a free agent update. Um, you know, is it free agency? Is it trade season? Is it both? We're going to, have to kind of let him unhash that. And uh, look, there was plenty of movement, maybe not the blockbuster movement we wanted, but I have a feeling that's still to come. So barring, you know, a James Harden trade and Anthony Davis move elsewhere than the Lakers, you know something to that magnitude. This is going to be our only show of the week. I'm going to take the rest of the week and have some family time, albeit locked into my house. But <laughs> um, you know, if something big comes up, of course we'll hop on the microphone and we will continue to be at Spottrek on Twitter as needed, and of course the website spottrek.com, where we're expanding every day. That's the, that's the game plan—not just keeping up with the Joneses, but also uh, pushing things forward. So. I'm going to bring in Scott in a little bit, talk some basketball, really as much as possible. There's a lot to get to, and he's got some great information. Obviously, he's been tracking every single move over this long weekend here. I want to open with the NFL, though. Week 11, pretty good, you know, so far. I think there's a pretty good game tonight to, to get, a, get into a little bit. Tampa Bay, um, where is Brady now after kind of an up and down roller coaster start to this year? But uh, I digress. I'm gonna leave Taysen Hill alone. I think it was a nice debut. I don't know what that is yet, and I don't. I think we're beating beating a dead horse, just kind of trying to understand what he is and what this whole showcase is versus Jameis Winston. I'm leaving that alone for now. Here's where I want to go. You know, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I'm trying to be as positive as possible, but I'm also trying to give you information that matters. And right now, to me, the most compelling financial story in football is Carson Wentz. And there's really no positive way to look at it from either angle, whether it's him, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's his contract. You know, I said something yesterday on Twitter that I kind of firmly stand by. Now, I'm not going to say it's impossible for them to move on in terms of the Eagles. You know, is there a trade out there for Carson Wentz? I just, he has been so uninspiring this year, and he's been so up and down in years past i just don't know i i I feel like obviously the contract matters but also what they had to give up to get him if you remember both philadelphia and the rams had to had to give up heaven and hell to get up to one and two to make those selections back to back in 2016. so you know they were invested heavily right from the get-go now does that matter I, i don't know you know i'm not sitting there in the gm office right now trying to rack my brain about what to do with either either of those quarterbacks certainly golf looks a heck of a lot better than Wentz right now in terms of his position and his, his short-term future but to stick on Wentz here let me just give you the breakdown I've done it before but it bears repeating because you know if this continues let's see, even if he has a good week coming up it just you know until he puts three weeks together that matter this is going to be the conversation heading into 2021 here's the numbers His cap hit next year is 34.6 million. Okay, they have not restructured him yet at all. This is year two of the of the extension. It's a six year total deal, four year extension. This is year two now. Next year's year three. It's fully guaranteed. I I mean fully guaranteed. It's 34.6 on the cap. It's 59 million dead cap. Now, you're saying they can just spread that out, right? If they do, if they release him or trade him after June 1st. Absolutely. Absolutely they can if they trade him. If they trade him, they can clear over 25 million of that cap next year. Is he tradable? Who is taking on this contract? It's 25.4 million cash next year in terms of a roster bonus and a base salary. I, I, I just don't know. I really don't know. Now look, his 2022 stuff is fairly get out of a ball, right? That stuff doesn't really kick in in terms of full guarantee until 2022. So after 2021, the rolling guarantee stuff kind of kicks in. But as of now, all of 2021 is guaranteed. So here's what we're looking at. And and I want to be as positive as possible with this because we've seen the the biggest contracts in the NBA be traded. We've seen massive major league baseball players be traded. We saw John Carlos Stanton be traded. I'm sure the Yankees hate it, and we all hated it when the Yankees did it, but a $325 million contract was moved in baseball. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that one of the top cap hits in all of the NFL, and that's what Carson Wentz is next year, if not the top cap hit. I believe it's in the top five-ish right now. It can be moved, and here's how you do it. You look at the 22, 27, and 26 million after that, after next year left on his contract. So, you know, 90 million ish. And you basically say, forget it. Let's not even consider those options. Those are dead to us. All we care about is the $25.5 million for next year. That's already fully guaranteed. And when you think about it that way, it becomes Nick Foles. Literally, Nick Foles which is ironic because that's kind of how they got in this mess in the first place in terms of Philadelphia. But Nick Foles was traded in year two of a four year, $88 million contract. Okay. Which is kind of where Carson Wentz is right now in terms of his, his remaining four years. That's kind of what it looks like. So the bears acquired him for a fourth round pick. Then they took that deal and said, we're done with that deal. All right. That's not going to work for us but we're going to take 24 million of it, which was already fully guaranteed. And we're going to spread that out over three years, which makes it cap friendly for us. And you still get your money. Nick Foles probably isn't coming back next year. Okay. So it's a three-year deal, but he's probably only seeing one of that in terms of being in a bear's uniform, which means he's going to get, you know, I believe there's a little over 10 million cash remaining. Okay. That's what's going to happen here. He's going to get all of his salary next year, four million. Nick Foles, he's going to get the roster bonus due in 2022, four million, and he's going to get one million from. It's nine million total cash is what's left. Nine million. That's what Nick Foles is probably going to get as a parting gift from the Bears after 2020, if things kind of stay the course here. That's what's going to happen to Carson Wentz. That's why somebody's going to throw maybe even a third. If Nick Foles was worth a fourth, you know, a Carson Wentz one year $25 million contract, which is how I want to evaluate this, is probably worth a third, maybe even more. Except for he's not that good. (laughs) Okay. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. He kind of was the you know the relief pitcher that's come in now to a couple of teams and has shown that he can steady the ship similar to a Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. So while I can talk myself into it's just 25.4 million, here's the problem. Here's why Philadelphia is going to have to get a third, maybe even a second for Carson Wentz. Because that, 50, that that dead cap, the rest of the dead cap on that contract is not going away. It's just not. Yes, they're going to save some space. okay, But it's still $34 million of dead cap if they trade him. If they trade him. It's 59 to cut him. It's 34 to trade him. Now, that can be spread out if it's done June 2nd. And I expect it will be okay. So it'll be 9 million, the dead cap in 2021, 24.5 in 2022, which is okay. Cause the cap should bounce back. Then the TV money's coming in. You know, hopefully the vaccines kick in, the fans are back in the stadium. The revenue starts to pile back up. So what, what I want to say is this, the tweet I put out yesterday saying Carson Wentz, may be the highest paid backup in football next year is probable. I don't think he's going to play, you know, whether it's Jalen Hurts, whether it's something, somebody else, you know, the Eagles are falling down the roster here or the standings to, to the point of where they're going to have a decent draft pick at the end of the day, if they keep this up, you know, not to mention, where's Matthew Stafford going to be? Where's Matt Ryan going to be? Where's Aaron Rodgers going to be? Where's Jimmy Garoppolo going to be? Plenty of veteran options. Cam Newton, who knows? Phillip Rivers. Um, you know, it's going to be, pretty easy to bring in another quarterback is my point if they want to via the draft via free agency via whatever which makes trading Carson Wentz even harder but I think it's doable I really do think it's doable and while the contract is daunting while the dead cap is massive teams just don't care about that stuff as much anymore now you know if the cap drops 20 million dollars next year that's saying something however to me, that says because this is the option, right? You've got the thirty four point six million dollar cap hit on Wentz right now. You can either do two things, three things. You can keep it just like it is, keep him on the roster, give him four more starts next year, and and if he can succeed and, and get himself back in good favor, then fine. You know, we keep we continue forward and we play out twenty twenty one. Then we have easy decisions after twenty twenty one. Number two is we keep him, we restructure. In order to lower the cap hit because the salary cap has dropped so much, we have to do it. We have to do it. Not a great option. That's kind of what we saw with Tannehill in Miami, which made absolutely no sense. We saw that with Flacco in Denver as well. You know, you're, you're just pushing your dead cap down the line at that point. I, I guess it's okay. I, I don't I don't really uh, buy into that, you know, that push it down the line, especially when there's so many unknowns right now. And you know, you, you here's the thing. You're doing it knowing you're probably not going to have this guy next year, so it's literally just let's fix ourselves today so that tomorrow's you know a little a little bit worse, but at least it'll be tenable. I'm not, I don't buy into that really. So it's one, keep him at thirty-four-six. Two, keep him but restructure him. Or three, trade him. Cutting's not an option in my opinion. You're not taking that dead cap on. So trade him, and and the marketing pitch is Nick Foles. That's the marketing pitch. <laughs> OK, what pick is worth three years over twenty five million, you know, twenty five million over three years? The Nick Foles restructured trade contract. Somebody somebody's going to buy on that. I, I truly believe that. I think somebody can buy because maybe Carson just needs a change of pace, better weapons. How about that? I mean, we don't talk about it enough. It's Travis Fulgham's a nice story. He should be somebody's third third option right now. And that's not the case in Philadelphia. I, I granted injuries or whatever but there are better weapons out there for sure and if your team is just looking to change their pace at quarterback this is an option this is an option because you know if you just have to guarantee 25 million and you can turn that into a bonus slash three cheap salaries i'll allow the nick Foles move I, I don't think it's that dumb i really don't now is he a great quarterback? I don't think he's great, but he's probably good. I think a lot of people think he's good. So let's see a change of pace. Let's see a new system. Let's uh, let's forget about the the other three years on this contract. They're gone. Whether it's Philadelphia or whether it's any other team, those years are gone. So when you look at Carson Wentz on track, disregard anything under the potential out because it's meaningless right now. You know, outside of the dead cap, which of course is going to accelerate up to the philadelphia 2021 season most likely but three options keep him at 34.6 and just deal with it whether he's the starter or the backup keep him and restructure so that you you can live a little in 2021 but you're going to get hurt again in 2022 or trade him those are the options in my opinion he's at that point now we've seen enough the sample size is big enough you know he's injury prone He is inconsistent. He's not the same guy he was when he came into the league. All those things are true. They're fact. I'm not, that's not an opinion at all, but the contract is real, but it's not as real as it looks as with any, any NFL contract one year, 25.4 million after 2020. That's what we have to have to focus on. That's what teams who are thinking about acquiring him are going to be focused on. Think Nick Foles. When you think Carson Wentz, I'm sure many of you already do. (laughs) All right. Uh, Outside of this, you know, people have questions on Drew Brees. Like I said, I'm leaving Taysom Hill alone right now. Just know that getting out of Drew Brees next year is doable, but there's going to be a big wallop of a dead cap it, Big one. So I I don't know. The Saints are kind of all in right now. That's all I'll say about that. They're kind of all in, and they know it. And I understand the Taysom Hill start. It was a nice, fun start. Good win. That team is primed for a postseason run. You know, you're going to hear a lot of does Drew Brees even come back arguments. I'm not going there. The contract says I should come back if I'm Drew Brees. So in terms of 2020, 2021 is a whole different story. We'll get there when we have to. But that's another obviously quarterback situation to watch. The Matthew Stafford situation is on red alert in Detroit. Red alert. We already know the Garoppolo situation and his injury is kind of the nail in that coffin, in my opinion. Um, I'm just quickly spinning around the league here. Tua being benched was interesting, but he's, he's clearly banged up. That offensive line was not having a day, and Joe Burrow tore his ACL like five minutes before they benched him. So I get it. I totally get it. Um, Cam Newton is kind of wishy-washy. Who knows where that's going forward? And really that whole team is kind of a, a mystery to us. And quickly just thinking, Tannehill kind of making a good name for himself here. Phillip Rivers, a really nice bounce back second half, but I, I still think this is it for him in terms of his career. So Indy's going to be on the clock for a quarterback. Indy's going to be on the clock. Carson Wentz, Indy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Right. It's kind of Jacoby Brissett-ish in terms of that contract. One year, twenty-five million. Maybe yeah, we could see that happening. Um, you know, Jacksonville's probably going to the draft. Outside of that, you know, the Jets are going to the draft. I would, I would hope. It. You know, Washington has options internally, but they could be in, in the market for a Stafford or a Ryan or a Carson Wentz if that if it gets to there. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Everybody else is kind of good. So it's weird. You know, Dallas, I would assume is just going back to Dak. There's a lot of just kind of good teams in terms of the quarterback position. We're good, at least for now. I don't consider filling one of them. So any questions on this stuff, obviously reach out at spot on Twitter. We'll be keeping up with that. And uh, obviously this is, you know, one of those teams to watch as brutal and painful as it is. The NFC East, is, <laughs> there's plenty to, to consider in the offseason in the NFC East. So they are, in that regard, it's must-see TV. All right, let's bring in Scott Allen. We'll talk some basketball, and we'll get out of here for the Thanksgiving week. Joining on the Hip Raid Hotline, Scott Allen. Scott, happy Monday. Happy NBA Free Agency Monday. I know it's been a busy weekend for you. Um, look, uh, characterize this free agency for me, knowing what we know now. Is this the year of the trade or is this the year of none of these players are really that good, but we're going to make a lot of moves just to kind of change our teams and see what happens and roll the dice.
1: It's the year of 2020 where (laughs) that's a bad answer. (laughs) Not a lot of people are going (laughs) to like that answer. No, they're not. But it is. It's it's an effect of what has happened over the last six months where meaning what's got
0: our teams actively trying to get cheaper. Is that what you're saying? okay.
1: they're trying to get cheaper and they're preparing themselves for 2021. They're making sure that they have cap space available for whatever is going to happen next season. They're they're moving things around accordingly. They're signing players to uh, one or two year dealers where the second or sometimes the third Um, year is non guaranteed or a team option. They're preparing themselves for the upcoming 2021 season. And with that being said, everything has happened within the matter of, you know, 48 to 72 hours. So teams are moving as fast as they can because players, uh, from what I understand, have to be, uh, at facilities on, like, November 30th in order to start quarantining, quarantining for training camps. So they're trying to get all their ducks in a row right now so that they're ready to get into camp and be ready to move forward. Are you surprised
0: at how many multi-year contracts there are, though, having said all that? Uh,
1: I I am to a certain extent, but I think the teams that know they're, they don't really have a shot at certain players in 2021 or 2022, they're taking the chance of signing those players long term to a have their rights and be, um, you know, solidify their roster moving forward. But like I said, some of these deals as, as some of the information is coming out as some are these deals are being official is. That second and third year has either a non-guaranteed or it has a team option. I know the Knicks, they signed three players and they're have they essentially one-year deals where the second year are team options, leaving them to not exercise those options and keep their space open for next season.
0: So there were 28 deals so far in free agency that are three years or more. And you're right, there's some gray area there because some of those have you know, third year is the option, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Less, way less than half of those are players that stayed with their current team, which, you know, you can discount that however you want. My point is, if you're bringing in somebody new, it's going to be one, two years at the most. That nobody's making a blockbuster free agent signing unless you're Charlotte, and we will certainly get there. Um, you mentioned the Knicks. I, I had some fun with them on Twitter. Let's get real, though. Because you know they're a real team, despite what you've seen on the court the past three years, are they just in still in tank mode? Is that just the fair way to look at it now they, they weren't in a position to strike big in this draft because of their lottery selection? Um, they didn't have the assets to acquire players via trade or via sign-in trade and free agency, and in order to you know remove the cap space to bring in a Gordon Hayward or, you know, player X Bogdanovich, they had to basically punt on two or three of their own assets. Is that just them saying, you know what, this isn't our year. Truly. It's not a good free agent class anyway. So we're not going to move giant boulders to get out of the way for somebody we're not even sure of. And Oh, by the way, our draft picks, you know, going to be a guesstimate you know, it really is. It's, when, what were they, eighth? I mean, you just can't do much with that right now in the NBA. So I, I think I understand it.
1: Am, am I correct
0: in what I'm saying here?
1: No, you are absolutely correct. Like I said, they, the three contracts that they did sign or are, are agreed upon. Yeah. It's a one-year, essentially, where they have a team option the second year. So they are, they're just status quo. They're bringing in veteran players, so they're going to put at least a product on the court that should win some games, um, it, it's not like they're bringing in a lot of guys that have absolutely no experience whatsoever. It's just a matter of, are they going to, is Tibbs going to be able to, um, you know, have them gel and, and win enough games if, if that's where they're going to go. But you're right. They, they are setting themselves up for uh, 2021. They see the writing on the wall that they're not going to be stellar and just, just get through the season.
0: They are the betting favorites to be the worst team tied with Cleveland right now in terms of the fan sports book. So not surprised. That's exactly where they want to be. If, if I had to guess, is that right?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> Enough said <laughs> about the next then. All right. Rapid Correct. fire, Scott, keep your, keep your answers kind of uh kind of clean and, and simple for us here, because there's obviously a lot of rabbit holes we can get down, but there'll be another time for that because I, quite honestly, there's a lot still in limbo. Yes. Some of these things have become official, but a lot of these moves, and I think you might agree with this, are predecessors to other moves. You know what I mean? There's signings. There are trades that have happened. I mean, I mean Trevor Rees has been trade, traded 97 times in the past two weeks. So, you know, we're going to see more of that. We're going to see guys who are just placeholders, literally just cap hit placeholders to, to make a transaction work that have bigger fish to deal with down the road, whether that's a Harden move or a Russell move or a John Wall mover or, or whatever might happen. You know, Brandon Ingram is still kind of in limbo. That's a really interesting name. Anthony Davis, of course, we don't think he's in limbo, but he's still available to some degree. Um, so let's just put pause on solidifying too much of these rosters. But you know, our friends at the Athletic have done a really nice job of, of a piece that basically says, "Here's who they added, here's who they lost, here's what we think about it." You know, and that's sort of what our goal is here as, as well. Less about the numbers. You can visit spotchart.com, Of course, we've got a free agency tracker, we've got a trade tracker, we've got our transactions wire. Your cap tracker is going to be important this time of year. You know, we've got a lot of views. We're going to talk a little bit about our offseason tracker where we're basically tracking all the expenditures, the free agent spending, the draft spending, the, the extensions that have kicked in. We've had a couple of nice ones in the past 48 hours as well. So teams are busy. There's no question about that. And like I said, it's kind of a, a bevy of moves to mask the fact that none of these players available are really that damn good, right? <laughs> That's kind. Of, that's kind of how I feel. I think you mentioned somebody. Somebody you're listening to said it's kind of musical chairs right now. That, that that's correct for the, but it's but it's not A-list musical chairs. It's C-list musical chairs, right? It's kind of right. It's kind of a lot of sixth men getting moved around, which is fine. And speaking of which, I want to start with the Lakers. That's exactly what they did. Is they addressed the their immediate bench. It was about adding depth. They they obviously love their starting lineup. It just won them a championship. Um, this was about adding depth at the very beginning of their bench. They brought in the sixth man of the year in Montrose Harrell. They brought in Dennis Schroeder, who can, you can argue is just as valuable at, at a different position. Here's the only question I have for you. Well, number one, how the hell does C- Contavious Caldwell Pope keep getting these contracts? But number two, do they have enough at point guard right now? Is Schroeder an everyday point guard or is LeBron going to be the quasi point guard right now for that team?
1: To start the season, it'll be Schroeder. If, as the season progresses, I think you'll see LeBron take more. Uh, that, but is that enough? Or it, or is, is me thinking Kuzma's gonna get flipped for
0: a point guard br- probably in your wheelhouse.
1: Or do they think Alex Caruso can really be their it's backup point guard? So they they have options. I I mean have they have, point, they have they have they replaced
0: Rondo is a better way to ask that question.
1: Um Schroeder doesn't like to play defense so much, so <laughs> um, so you've got a younger point guard. We'll yeah. go with that and an experienced one. We'll just see if he can gel and have the chemistry now. Uh, KCP getting the deal that he got. I, I don't know. I don't know. They, they, they really wanted him. LeBron to back. must love him. The, it just feels Tristan
0: Thompson. He doesn't it where LeBron just said, hey, this is my guy. You're going to pay him, you know?
1: That and he had a good playoffs and yeah. uh, he's got rich Paul. So it's I'm a saying combi- it's, it's a LeBron's combination. guy, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Portland. Uh, sneaky good. Yes. We, we know Portland can shoot the lights out and they're going to continue to shoot the lights out. They've got the two, three players in the roster that are, are never going to stop shooting the lights out. They had a defense, really good defense. Like, it, uh, I mean, Covington is going to stop the ball. Derek Jones Jr. is a really sneaky good option, and, and they might have overpaid, but I totally get it. You know, Carmelo was not a defensive signing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But uh, that, that was clearly their goal, and they, they succeeded. I, I think this is up there with one of the best free agent classes of the, of the league right now because of what they addressed exactly what they needed. Is, is my incorrect there?
1: No, you're not incorrect. And they also did get a little bit bigger, too, with bringing in Cantor to go with Nurkic and and Zach Collins. So they they not only have added defense, but they've added depth, which we talk about all the time, especially when you get into the playoffs.
0: This is a sneaky good bet for me. If I'm a betting man and I, I laugh at the Western Conference and how loaded it is. At some point, this team is going to break through, and I think the moves they've just made are at least capable, making them capable of doing that. You know, wherever I'm going to look right now, real quick, where they sit in terms of the Western Conference, you're going to love this bet. I mean, they are plus twenty eight hundred to win the West right now. Oh wow! Look, the, the Lakers don't like probably that. don't want to win the West this year because that means LeBron's working his ass off, and that's not in the plans right now. You know what I mean? They probably are mm-hmm. not going to win the West. The Clippers might win the West. You know Denver could re, could re win the West again. They've done it two two years ago. Golden State's got to be slipping, but man, you get Portland. Portland is the twelfth, no, the ninth highest team in the West right now, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Ninth. Ooh, wow. I, I like them a lot. I I think, them, I yeah, think I they had a very them. very good off season here. Okay, Milwaukee. Let's switch to the East. I think we differ on this one. What's your take on what Milwaukee has done now, now that that gigantic transaction is final?
1: They're trying to do what they can to show Giannis what they're putting together. They lost some assets, so if they lose Giannis in in free agency next year, then they may be hurting in the the short and long term. But I think they're they're. A little bit better, especially with having Drew Holiday. But I don't think they're uh, gangbusters better. Yeah. Um, it, it's sort of, you know, th- they moved some things around. They were hoping to have the Bogdanovich, and that f- fell through, as we talked about before. And they're bringing in some nice pieces with Torrey Craig, Bobby Portis. So you're bringing in some, in some depth in that case. But, you know, a, a lot hinges on what Giannis is going to decide. I think they improved their point guard position. There's no question about that. I
0: mean, Holiday, Augustine... You know, Portis to some degree. That's an upgrade from Bledsoe and George Hill, probably. But I feel like all they've done, Scott, is band-aided the problem that they gave themselves when they lost Melgan Bro- Brogdon. Right? I mean, if they had just paid Brogdon, yeah, what would this offseason have been like? You know, probably yep, Bog- probably Bogdanovich. Point. It probably they, they would have gone all in on him. As an upgrade to Middleton, then they could have kind of serviced those two players together versus now Middleton's the only shooter again. He's the only shooter from the outside, really. I mean, true shooter, and he's not really a a bona fide three-point shooter. He likes to step in, from what I've seen at least. So I don't know. I I, They're gonna be as good, but I don't think they're going to be significantly better. I think they're literally just band-aiding the problems they gave themselves. So We'll yeah, see what that I, means in the East, but I, you know, I don't love it as much as I've read. Some people do love it. I, I think they gave up heaven and hell to give Drew Holiday. By the way, I, I mean so well, much.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I mean. They, it's they've gotten better, but not they're not great. To the fact that I think they're, um, you know, going to be the overall favorite to to win it all. And with that being said, Giannis has – we talk about Harden and, and, and Anthony Davis and LeBron having so much power. Giannis, when you really think about it, has the most power out of any player in the NBA right now for the fact that he is handcuffing teams to try to make cap space for next year. But he's also hurting the Bucks because – they don't know where they're going to go unless they've had conversations with him and they know that he is going to be there and he just hasn't signed it. But he has so much power that he, a lot of the league is on hold because of him.
0: I just don't, I don't think he's signing that extension. I'll say that much. I don't think he's signing. No, it. I, th-
1: I, I don't either. I think he waits and sees because he can sign that. Isn't his, it funny? Uh, Last show,
0: Scott, when, when we thought they were getting holiday and Bogdanovich, we were, we, we, we said immediately he signed that extension right? Put everything to rest. We said this on the show, but when they, now that they lost Bogdanovich and now that we've seen just how much they had to give up to get holiday, it's a completely different story, isn't
1: it? It is very much. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's move on. Let's, let's go to a little bit more of a confusing off season. Can you explain what Detroit Detroit's doing? They, they know that they can't sell tickets to fans, right? Is that what they're trying to do is
1: like put butts in seats? Cause that's not allowed right now. <laughs> not allowed and what they're doing is not going to get butts and seats to to begin with i don't think what in the world is happening Um, i I don't know what i i had conversations back and forth with you saying what are they doing they're going extremely big they've made a gazillion trades um they signed and traded jeremy grant which is a that's a nice move but um they had to uh trade some stuff for that they they but they brought in so many big big men and i get they're trying to uh massage their roster and whatever Dwayne Casey's trying to do right now he must see something that we all don't but there was a sort of a a tweet or a few tweets that I saw when some of these deals were coming down and, and being reported that oh my gosh is Blake Griffin going to get traded too because of the things that they were bringing in they had to uh, you know take some things out because of how the transaction line was going to have to work out but yeah. I don't know. They're, they're going the complete opposite of the league. Maybe they know something we don't.
0: No, I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> <laughs> they are according to fan, FanDuel, They are the third worst team in the East in terms uh, of odds. Yeah. So yeah, what, whatever they've done, all these moves they'd make, it didn't move the needle in terms of a betting, in terms of betting no. odds. So
1: I, I wouldn't have thought that anyways.
0: No, uh, that's a wait and see. I don't know, expect they trade Blake Griffin, but, you know, maybe at the deadline. No. Uh, the Hawks are better. The Hawks are significantly better. They're deeper. Oh, yes. they, they, they changed their starting lineup for the better. They changed their bench for the better. Uh, this is a team to watch. They were, they were teetering on, on being watchable last year. This team has now jumped ahead of probably Indiana and Orlando for me in that East to the point of where we're taught we're close to a top six East team with this Atlanta roster. Give me the moves they made. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a couple good, couple bad.
1: So they they brought in Rajan Rondo, Chris Dunn, so you've got some backup point guard to go with um, Trey Young there. They have Does that mean they want Young off the ball?
0: Is that probably the plan? Because mm-hmm. he's a little bit hardening where he can kind of that the ball kind of stops with him a little bit, you know, 97 dribbles on a shot. Um, I wonder if, if the game plan, because that's a Warriors built front office, if you remember, and yeah. uh, they, they know how to handle players like that with Steph Curry. And you, you, you basically put somebody who just wants to shoot the ball next to him. Um, that sort of feels what they, what, like what they're doing. We need a ball handler to get Trey kind of in position. And uh, we'll, we'll, well, we'll, and we'll, we'll having... work off of that a little bit
1: that and having Rondo sure. with the experience that he's had, the championships that he's done. Uh, I mean, that, that just makes sense. And then to turn around, they, they made a trade for Tony Snell and they're um, bringing in uh, Gallinari, which we've talked about. Gallinari is the
0: big one because now that you got a true shooter. And, yeah.
1: and on top of it, Bogdanovich has signed an offer sheet with Atlanta. Four for 72. Sacramento, as of yesterday, had 48 hours to match. Now we're within what, almost 24 hours to match. So, um, so Scott, G- can that turn into a signing trade? An offer sheet? Nah, no, it's already been signed. Okay. So Sacramento either has to match it or they let him go. If they match it, then they'd sign him and then at some point in the next offseason they could potentially flip him for picks because right now they're going to get nothing for him. He's he's either going to Atlanta or he's staying in You Sacramento. have to match it. You can't let you, him walk for if, nothing. You, you yeah, are if you're you Sacramento. Are, uh, if you're Sacramento, yeah, yeah, if you're Sacramento, you you absolutely have to sign that um, and and flip him down the line, but right now uh, the clock is on on them to make that decision. Miami, kind of status quo.
0: Lost a couple of, uh, you know, middling pieces. Derek Jones Jr., Jay Crowder. But, you know, they filled that with Harkless. A- Avery yeah. Br- Bradley is a nice compliment to Goran Drogic if he need, I-, I just think it's smart. Just, you know, we, we overachieved last year. Let's step back, add some more depth, and, and try to do this thing all over again, right?
1: Yeah, and they're making sure that they have the space for yes. 2021. I was just going to say, these are do one not- and
0: two-year deals. These are, these are not going to hurt their cap, yes.
1: Drogic was a one in one year, one team option for the second year. And um, they're they're just making sure that they have that space. I do not expect to see uh, Bam out of to do his extension this this offseason because they want to make sure they have as much space as possible for next year. So I, I would You're talking Giannis, that. of course, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> On, Jan- it would well, just Giannis- be unbelievable. Giannis and anybody else that, you know, they may want to target that's an upgrade. Um, I mean, there there is a slew of players that are on the list for next offseason outside of Giannis that could be potential for Miami, especially with what they've been doing and putting together. So, um, yeah, I don't expect Adebayo to go with that extension and any other free agency signings that they have. They'll be they're going to be up at 14 or so at the end of this. So they're probably done signing outside a a two-way or anything like that. It's good. I I mean, that's exactly what we kind of expected out of that team. Yeah, it is.
0: Status quo. Uh, I'll let you pick. Houston or Boston?
1: Let's go Boston.
0: Yeah. Interesting, huh? Very, very. Okay. Tristan Thompson in, as expected, where you and I both talked about they were going to get get a big man one way or another. We kind of assumed it was going to be Turner, Miles Turner, because that would have been, you know, you sign and trade Gordon Hayward to Indiana, Indiana, where we all thought he was going, and you get yourself a big man in the process. Not only did that not happen, but Gordon Hayward (laughs) walks for nothing. They couldn't find a trade partner that that worked out at all because they didn't want to take back uh, Batum's contract, right? So I, I don't know. Without going down the Hayward rabbit hole just yet, did Boston do enough? I mean, are they going to be serviceable? at their current pace or are they, are they
1: taking a step, step back here? I think their status quo, they brought it, they brought in Jeff Teague, who's a service uh, school serviceable point guard with Marcus smart uh, behind Kemba there. You've got Thompson, who is the big presence that we've been talking about forever. I, I just think, uh, you know, I, I, I think their status quo, Hey, we're going out and then bringing in the pieces that they brought in. It's, it, it they're going to be where they were last year.
0: I I look at it this way. This team's been good now for three, four years. Really good. Eastern Conference, you know, semifinalists. What, what really needed to get replaced with Gordon Hayward? <laughs> I mean, they kind of survived life without him for a season say, and I a think, half. And yes, I he showed I, flashes when he came back, but... It's not like you had to, you know, replace 50 home runs on the the batting roster. You know what I mean? Right. That's not what this was. Yes, he's a hell of a player, and we're going to talk about it in a second. But I'm pretty sure you can nickel and dime this with a couple of players. You know, two two veteran depth pieces that can make up the production that he... I mean, Kemba and Tatum should be one of the best backcourts in the league. And I know Tatum's going to step in more now. He's going to be more of a power forward player. But... He certainly has developed his outside shot, at least a, a mid-range two. That that's, that should be good enough, especially in the Eastern Conference. I just don't think, I, I completely agree with them not taking on a contract in a side and trade that they didn't want. Don't do it. Uh, I mean, that's, it's one of the, the, the fails of having rights, of bird rights, of having a match salary. If you don't love it, don't do it just to do it. You know, so many right, teams, and, so many bad teams fall into that trap. By the way, Charlotte's one of them with Terry Rozier last year. Uh, They're I one know. of them. They did this last year to each other. Um, if you don't like it, just be okay letting the guy walk, and that's what happened here. It's it's perfectly fine in my opinion.
1: I do, I, I, I do too. And with that being said, Boston had three first round picks that they have. All right, they failed there. We talked about that. They failed on that one. They do, but they they have that depth in in those young players to see wow. what they have. Um, and, and Hayward, I, I think I saw that he missed hundred and eleven games over three seasons mm-hmm. i mean if if you bring in a a Tristan Thompson and a Jeff T that are there, even you know, I, serviceable on the court you are better but i think as a whole that their their status quo because you bring in thompson yeah. Cantor's out so maybe maybe it'll just be a little bit more of chemistry because i heard some things where hayward sort of you know for lack of a better word sort of got cold-shouldered with some of that team and didn't gel so well with certain certain players so uh, maybe the writing was on the wall internally that Hayward was going to be leaving and then pushing back that player option was a way of uh, delaying the inevitable to potentially do a sign in trade to have to, to be multiple teams back.
0: involved. Don't you think? I mean, I, I bet they were working out deals with a couple th- we know Indiana was involved. I imagine there was more than two, but it wasn't. Yeah, a I heard f- a
1: few. All right, let's get, yeah, let's, get let's get into it.
0: Let's get into it. Let's move right into Charlotte here. Cause I think we both agreed that the Celtics are still going to be above average, especially in the East. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure much more. You know, Milwaukee's better. I'd put Miami ahead of them right now, slightly, and then probably Brooklyn, although we got to see it on paper first, right? Um, explain to me this move for Charlotte because they were actually pretty okay in terms of their backcourt. Now, this is yeah. an upgrade but this wasn't a move that they needed to make to become a more complete team at all. If anything, you're going big on a power forward or somebody, you know, an athlete with size who can kind of fill up the stat board. That's what they need is more of like a, you know, a Zion type player for lack of a better example. Um, I don't... They overpaid because they were bidding with Indiana. They were bidding with somebody else. So we sat here last week and said if he gets close to 30, the NBA is broken. Well, I don't think the NBA is broken, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Charlotte is.
1: Charlotte is. Broken, Charlotte's yes. broken.
0: This is a bad team that got worse. Even if Gordon Hayward is an upgrade on the court, this destroys them because, and I want you to explain it, they had to make another move just to get him in the door. So explain to me the money that they're going to spend in total just to make this happen.
1: So the way things have to work out in order to get him in, they're going to have to, and the reports are accurate, they're saying that they're going to waive and stretch Nicholas Batum uh, because he his cap is 27. So what ends up happening is when you stretch a player, it's times two plus one of however many years are left. So in his case, he's going to have dead cap, $9 million of dead cap for him for the next uh, three years in order to bring in and make room for Hayward's salary. What that ends up translating to is over the life of Hayward's contract of four years, that would equivalent of a total cap sum of $147 million for having to waive and stretch Batum and bring in Hayward. So instead of, Hayward being just twenty-seven point nine or around there for this upcoming season. It's really if you add Batum's nine million in there, they're really paying close to thirty-seven million just to have Hayward signed on to Charlotte alone. It's unbelievable.
0: It's just unbelievable what they're doing. It is. And I I, I joked about it before with Detroit. If you're trying to sell tickets, <laughs> right. Like, are you trying to bring in more excitement? What is the goal of this? Uh, an oft-injured player now over the past four seasons who's heavily overpaid, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. you Are are you trying to recreate Kemba? You know what I mean? It, because that spark worked a little bit, and he certainly was able to carry that team, not far, but carry them t- a little bit. Th- this isn't going to make them a playoff contender
1: at all. No. No, I, I think it's a combination of two things. One is Gordon Hayward was the flashy name, and Michael Jordan in the Charlotte Hornets here are going after the flashy name of the of the off season. And two, back when um, he was uh, going to be leaving um, Utah, they signed him to a, an office, an office sheet, sheet, I believe. Correct. So they they had some history together already. And so, maybe they still it should are remain history. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps they're still watching tape from four years ago and not most recent, or didn't even look at his, you know his stat lines for the last couple of years. But I think it's a combination of both. And you know, I don't it, it's not good business.
0: It's also know? not a good it, team for Gordon Hayward. no, it's I'm not, not going to blame the guy for signing a one hundred and twenty million dollar contract. If somebody offers oh, that, absolutely. you take it. but, Yes. It's not a good fit for him either. Now, he's, he's going to be asked to do a lot. Can he even do a lot anymore? We're, uh, I'm confused. Sorry, I'm confused on it. Um, and oh, by the way, you know what good teams don't do? Good teams don't stretch players in order to acqu- assign other players using cap space. It never happens. Never. Good teams know better. They know that, hey, there's a better way to do this. We're going to find a third team to make this trade happen with Boston if we have to. We're going to make it work. You know, we're, we're, we are not going to settle for one hundred and forty seven million dollars total to acquire Gordon Hayward and stretch Nicholas Batum. It's not going to happen. So they no. made themselves a worse team, not only on the court, in my opinion, but in the in the front office by making this move.
1: That and this was Batum's last season, so he would come off the books next year. Trade they him in they February. Trade him in February. You could, a, you could trade them in February. B, you just stay status quo and do what the Knicks are doing. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. But you do what the Knicks are doing in, in dragging your feet until next offseason. And you're going to have a slew of players. If you have cap space next offseason, you could have a, a, a completely totally. better player than Gordon Hayward. And even if you are horrible this year – uh, I don't know what the odds are. I'm, I'm sure you got them in front of you, but if, if if you have a top five or whatever lottery pick and you bring in another player on top of Lamelo Ball, then you know, you can retool your roster next year. Why do it this year? You know, I, I don't understand the move at all.
0: Charlotte's tied for second worst in the East with Chicago and Detroit.
1: Yeah. And, yep. and you're gonna have and you're gonna be stuck with Hayward for four years unless there there's no way. I mean, I I can't say there's no way they were going to be able to move his contract in a few years, but you know, (laughs) that's going to be hard. Yikes.
0: Okay. Quickly rapid fire Clippers.
1: Yeah. I like the moves that they're doing. Serge Baca. He, uh, replacing Harold. I like that move. Marcus Morris got paid. Uh, (laughs) yes. Woo. Almost 15 million to, for this uh, incoming year as of right now, estimated, um, yeah, and Canard. Sh- I mean, somehow they got
0: Canard from Detroit because Detroit didn't didn't want shooters. I don't <laughs> correct. I don't get it. Uh, those are no. three nice moves. The Three. The, f- I'm fine with all of it. They they're going to be physical. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing. They're kind of playing, rolling the dice with Father Time a little bit on Ibaka, who's eventually going to fall off a cliff here. But he looked great with Toronto, and I, I, it's fine. You know, it, it's all. It that, is- that team's all about George and, and Leonard. If those two can gel and make a whole season work, they're going to be just fine
1: and stay healthy.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's all about those two players. You yep. mentioned plenty on Charlotte. Uh, anybody else stand out for you here? I mean, was there? Yeah.
1: The Pelicans, I think, you know, bringing in Steven Adams, it's nice The big guy, Yeah. but you know, I, don't think they got overly better with that giant transaction that ended up being a four-team trade um, in in sending out what they did I mean they did they they moved three guys that did sign in trades to go to Charlotte or sorry to Oklahoma City and they they, I don't think they got any picks back if anything so you know they brought in a big guy who is gonna work with Jackson Hayes and uh, Zion Williamson but that's another team I'm, I'm sort of scratching my head with. Obviously, they're going to bring in, hopefully, uh, we haven't heard anything with Brandon Ingram, so that, that remains to be seen. Derek Favors as well, I believe. Um, no way, Favors went somewhere else, I believe, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that's just a team that I, I'm, I'm scratching my head with.
0: I, I think they're in between what the Knicks are doing and what good teams are doing. They're sitting right in the middle of it, and that's David Griffin's style. He's a little bit Sam Presti. You know, he's got a little OKC in him, but he's also got a little bit of Lakers in him, too, where he, 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 he'll strike when he needs to strike because I look at the roster now. You mentioned Ingram. That's common. That, that's certainly common. I mean, he's letting Ingram do his due diligence clearly and try to get an offer sheet. Uh, I'm not sure it's coming because Ingram's got his own history, but he's made, he's made cap room to handle a max on Ingram if he has to. I think he knows that's probably what it's going to come down to. But he's trying to hes trying to find somebody to come in lower is what he is. Give, give me a lower offer sheet so that I can go back to Ingram's camp and say, look, you're not a max guy. I let you go out and get one. You didn't get one.
1: I'm that's good correct. with that.
0: He's got Zion on club options after this year. That should be a no-brainer unless the injury bug really sets in there. Steven Adams is expiring. J.J. Reddick's going to be expiring. You're going to have Lonzo restricted. You're going to have Josh Hart restricted if he even makes the roster, honestly. It's all kind of settling into a one-year year situation for New Orleans. And, and we talked about Lonzo Ball with, you know, who he's knows? extension eligible. So And who knows on that? I, I, I wouldn't Correct. think they would now that they've got Bledsoe in the fold for the next three seasons, or at least he's on the roster. I think they're trending more towards the Knicks than a contender right now getting themselves set up for 2021 where they're going to be able to say, all right, Lonzo, we're going to sign and trade you out of here. Uh, you know, we're going to lock in Ingram, but we're going to bring in two big guys, two big names next, next free agency to go with these, this Ingram Zion, you know, Eric Bledsoe as a depth piece kind of situation. They're going to be set up. They're going to have cap space. They're going to have draft assets, but they, they have acquired a few this year. Um, and they're going to have two legit, hopefully, possibly two superstars in Ingram and Zion Williams and possibly a third in ball if he takes a step forward. But I think they're going to be ready to pounce on big time free agents in 2021 because of the way that this uh, the yearly cap situation is set up for New Orleans. So I do think it's a bit of a slow play year. Acquire some assets. They're happy to take on Steven Adams on the expiring because, quite frankly, they need it. Uh, that's a perfect complement to Zion right now. and keep Zion away from the boards a little bit and keep him healthy as they try to ramp up for next off season, I'm totally good with new Orleans here. Totally good that David Griffin seems like somebody who knows exactly what that team is and is, and is playing, you know, chess instead of checkers. That's all I'm good with new Orleans right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, quickly off season spending to date, Utah, big time extension, right? You want to talk about those extensions at all? Nothing really stands out. Stat yeah, I'll Jason, let's Jason Tatum, Darren Fox and Donovan Mitchell, right? So the, the players that haven't got him, Scott, are who's Lonzo, next? Lonzo
1: and Bam. 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 Okay. I mean, pretty much anyone in the 2017 draft is eligible. First rounders are eligible right now. Those those three, Mitchell, Tatum, and um, Fox. Fox. They're getting the the max five for 163 per the the cap right now. They have. Language in there that they can increase to super maxes um, and in Tatum and Mitchell, they have a, a fifth year player option. So they should, could opt out earlier. Mm-hmm. Their language from what I see is it's if they make an all NBA, they get to the 30 percent Fox based on the reports that have come out. His are tiered. So if he gets third, third uh all NBA, it's 2026. 20, Twenty six percent, and then twenty eight, and then thirty for Why each year. Why would you do that, Scott? Yeah, uh, he a he was the first to sign it for this season. <laughs> That's he's sort to follow it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I think he's following the footsteps of what Simmons had done as far as doing those tiered and Siakam. They both had that as well. So I think they. He, him and his agent. Maybe I mean, I understand that it. I, I
0: almost wonder why the NBA doesn't just adopt that tier philosophy as a whole. You know, if you're a third, pl- third all NBA player, does that really qualify you for a supermax? You know what I
1: mean? I, I kind of understand right. the logic. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, do, but do we, th- but by the end of that contract, do we even think Fox is even going to be on that roster? I, I, I would put odds on that point towards the middle of that extension, he may not even be on Sacramento. Look, um, the NBA
0: is not going to stop trading. <laughs> oh, that's, God, what, no. that's what we've learned. This was kind of a garbagey free agent class and the trades were just everywhere. Every, you're still putting them yeah. in right now. I mean, there's literally <laughs> nickel and dime trades happening as we speak.
1: L- listen, the trades have been ridiculous. You have numbers often. at all. And- I, I don't not yet look we'll at them because out. there's still there's still some in translation I mean we're talking that players are being traded that haven't even been traded yet uh, from to multiple teams I mean uh, I we have them in as still on certain team going to their third team because we have to wait for transactions to process and because of uh, trade restrictions certain teams are going to have to wait. 20 days until that restriction lifts for them to actually make the next official transaction. So there are players all over the place right now. And it's, it, it is insane. The amount of uh, movement through trades that we've seen, I, we we've never had anything like this before, even in a trade deadline. Uh, we've never had this much movement and, and jockeying for players and and, and they come in late. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they, they come in late. We, we, we hear, Oh, so-and-so is is signing with this team and then you know hours later oh it, now it's a signing trade because well, we've got to add this player oh we're, we're grouping uh this team in Th- this drew holiday trade was originally just milwaukee and new orleans in a straight up trade and then all of a sudden we had two more teams and it ended up being a four team and <laughs> We did not know about the three players that did the sign and trade until it became official. Yes. Uh, last night. So it's uh, all this stuff is so fluid until these things are absolutely official. And yeah, the, the the trades have just been bonkers. And it's safe to
0: say the biggest trades haven't even happened yet. I think we yes. all expect at least one big one to happen, whether it's any of those three Hard- players I mentioned, Harden yep. Westbrook or wall. Yep. Um, just seems like the writing's on the wall. There's no secrets anymore. These guys just basically take the social media themselves and say, "All right, it's time for me to go. <laughs> get, get on it, Twitter. All right, D- do your worst. Get me out of here." Um, so I would expect that to come to fruition at some point. Although Houston clearly is not in a rush, and good for them because they kind of did okay here, right? I mean, Christian Wood out of Detroit—that's okay, don't you think? How do. <laughs> uh, they're going to be. I don't know, kind of serviceable. Where, uh, Without kind of looking here, where would you think they rank in FanDuel Sportsbook in the West in terms of odds?
1: Um, with Westbrook and Harden on their roster, they've got to be above Portland. So I'm going to say six. They're seventh. Seventh.
0: Okay. They're seventh. It's Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Mavs, Warriors, Jazz, Rockets, Suns, Portland. That's your top far, nine.
1: I wonder how far Golden State had fallen when Clay Thompson in information hit, or if it, so they just stayed I believe where they, they were,
0: were bet up to about plus 900, if I remember correctly. They're back down to plus 1200. Okay. Look, that Wiseman. And Ubre? That, that Ube Wiseman lineup isn't terrible. Now, Ubre's no, not it's Thompson. Not. It's not, yeah, I mean, they're not going to shoot the lights out, but. They're going to win some ballgames for sure, but I don't know if they're the fifth seed in, in the West, but that's clearly where FanDuel has them right now. But look, Portland, no, but they've po- also Portland's out of the playoffs right now, according to FanDuel. Portland is out of the playoffs. That's yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer is- bet to me. Bet that team.
1: Yeah, even to make the playoffs, not even to win it, just to make the playoffs. I mean... Goodness. Because there's there's going to be a lot that happens in this shortened, you know, 10-game 10, 10 shortened season. There's a... If... If they are the ninth and they're in that play-in tournament, oh, uh, you know, love it. Uh, it's it's great. But to 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 finish off with the Golden State that we just mentioned, there they've also brought in some you know veteran depth to yeah. Kent Bazemore mm-hmm. and Brad Wanamaker. I mean, th- those are players that are going to give some depth to a, a, and and help some more of those younger players that had been playing. Uh, I think Golden State probably has a few moves too to make. They have some non-guarantees that they'll probably waive or even move if they, if they 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 can for for maybe a second round pick or something. But um, yeah, I, I like what they did on the fly, knowing me too. You know, they they kept status their status quo or whatever was on their big board, knowing that Thompson happened when it did. Just you but, know, let bad me ask luck. you this. That's a really
0: interesting point, Scott. Because the Clay Thompson news kind of came out right before the draft. Do you think it right changed before. anything? Was no, James I Wiseman going to be their pick no matter what? Or, or do I you think, it, think that they had in the back of their mind an opportunity to get out of number two and Clay Thompson's in, injury that popped up just of said, hold on, let's just take the best player available and, and, and move forward?
1: No, I think they had Wiseman on their list the whole time. I think they went with what they were going to do. And then when Thompson deal went down, it, the the reports were that ownership said, do what you got to do. Yeah. Use that, use that um, exception to bring in. And they they don't want to have another season like they had last, last season.
0: Let's finish on this. You have a couple of best available names out there still. It's got to be a dwindling list, but <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, Anthony Davis is still out there. I yeah. mean, we gotta we have to talk about it because he says he wants to resign, but it's all about the negotiation of the the contract. So it makes you wonder. You know, could my, there be a dark horse team that nah, comes my, in? My guess is this. It, but guy. I don't think my so. guess is a
0: little deck Prescotty, where the Lakers want to lock him up for four years or five years. Right, and he's he wants, he wants one. He wants a he one, wants one plus one. one. He's he's in LeBron's camp. He knows exactly what kind of control he should have. And and the Lakers, the Lakers are trying to say, no, no, we, ne- we need to make sure we need our fans to know that you're here for four years. That's all. Uh, so yep. I, to me, that's it. There's no, there's not even a conversation about the finances. It's literally just terms. So yes, of course, other teams are, are asking, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think he's answering any phone calls.
1: No, I I think some other names on the list that you have are we talked about Ingram. So we don't have to go down that road, but there's going to be whatever that's going to be offer sheet or they sign them to wherever they're going to sign them. Mm -hmm. You you have a lot of veteran depth right now, and some of these guys may sign and they're not going to make the roster. I think I saw that most of the NBA rosters are 90 percent filled at this point. So there, there are not a lot of spots left for players. Um, but you're, you're going to get your Kyle Corvers, your Jared Dudleys. You, um, you have those veteran presence that are going to come in and help, potentially on a um, on a young team. Most of these guys are going to be uh, veteran minimum salaries anyway. So th- they may be at a uh, Vince Carter type where they go in and they, they help out and they, you know, mentor some of these young guys. I want to finish
0: on this. The the discussion we had about New Orleans, because I really do believe that David Griffin is a really good GM. I think he handled a really bad situation in Cleveland. Well, I think he's the right fit for building through the draft, which is clearly what that, that franchise needs to do because of the market they are. Correct. But that's also a, a team that just lost Anthony Davis. And this is what kind of sparked my my interest here in, in discussing this i mentioned that they're loading up nicely for next offseason like a lot of the bad teams are but why why does it have to wait they do have assets on that roster game ready players in the roster we mentioned lonzo ball is a bit, a bit of an up in the air situation brandon ingram's an up in the air situation right now clearly otherwise he'd have a max contract He'd be signed is that a dark horse team for for harden and westbrook why wouldn't David Griffin just say, look at why, why even wait till next offseason? I can make moves right now and give up draft picks and players that I, that I have and upgrade right now. Uh, why not put Russell Westbrook and at the athlete himself with Zion, the other freak athlete in the league and see what, and see what kind of magic can happen there. Why, why waste the, oppor- why waste the year of Zion is my point on a rookie contract when you could throw a bunch of assets at a team that is clearly trying to get rid of their superstars and just get it done right now. Now whether it's both or one, I don't know, but I guess what I'm saying is, is, shouldn't that be a team that at least consider this because they do they do handle superstars well. They, they've had them before. They can't keep them for a long time, but taking on somebody else's contract is right in their wheelhouse. Wh- why not?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Isn't Harden really an upgrade is. to Brandon Ingram? He is. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to score. He's going to do what he needs to. He doesn't, uh, he likes to shoot. So (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) But you got to have probably a a ball facilitator to Zion. So maybe Russell's the better pick in that case. That's That's Lonzo though. You can keep Lonzo. Mm.
0: I just think it's, it's a sneaky dark horse team.
1: Unless, unless you're Houston and you want to take Lonzo back to have a younger, you know, to me, the only, the only thing stopping guard. it would
0: be, does would Harden go there? And that's a part of it. <laughs> right? Does he have a choice? I, I guess <laughs> in, in some breaths he does, right? In some breaths he does. I, I just think that's sneaky good, because he's been known to kind of... I mean, he's a superstar, like Darryl Morey is, was, you know probably still is. Yep. You know He's going to be thinking outside the box like that. And rather than wait for free agency, which is clearly a disaster... The NBA free agency is a disaster. Let's just say it out loud right now because of what you mentioned. There's not really a true signing. Everything has to have a signing trade or, a, or some kind of kicker or, you know, three years or actually two years plus an option. It's just a disaster for teams, for teams, not players. Players get to go where they go, and they get a ton of money to do it. But it's become such a – what's the right word? Administrative nightmare for teams <laughs> just to it get is. a guy in the door. You yeah. know what's a lot easier? Here's two first Brandon Ingram and you know JJ Redick for James Harden. Let's do it. That's easier. <laughs> that's it a, is. That's a lot easier. And, and he's under contract for two, three years, two, two plus years, and you know exactly what you're getting. A guy who's going to stand in the corner, dribble a little bit, and shoot. Which that ain't a bad move with Zion. That's not a bad situation. So I, I just at least want to put him in the conversation because from a cap standpoint, from an asset standpoint, they have at least they're in the game. They're in the, they're in, they're there, they're qualified.
1: No, completely agree. And if you're not going to extend Lonzo or you have no uh, plans for him to be there in the future, then move move him now. Um, and, And new Orleans sort of has to operate as Oklahoma city has been operating for the last three years in being a hub. Literally, I mean, they're in the middle of the United States and they're a hub for all these teams throwing picks at them, throwing, you know, trade. And then there, Oklahoma City's flipping that trade again. Uh, New Orleans sort of has to operate in that capacity because they are not a, a free agent destination, which is why we saw exactly right. them bring in Steven Adams and a Bledsoe. It just happened that they signed Redick, which, you know, I would not be surprised if he's on the trade deadline because he's a shooter and g- going somewhere else. Uh, but but they do have to operate in that capacity. So I would not put it past Griffin to probably have it at least on a big board of can we get a Harden or a Westbrook? What do we have to send to them? Will will they want to make this trade just to get them in the door? Because that, that that's what Oklahoma City did with Paul George. Mm-hmm. They got they made the trade. They got him in the door and then they flipped him for a slew of picks. Right. And it's just move after move. And, and, and Griffin and the Pelicans just have to operate as such. Take on, take on a contract, see if it'll work. I guess that's what and I'm saying. Not, move it like, again. Uh, that's what I'm saying.
0: It's very obvious Harden is, is there to be had right now. So why not them? Why not them? And whether that's for long term or for a flip, a flip move like you're mentioning, those are both sensible ideas for New Orleans right now very sensible in fact they're pretty sensible for the Knicks too the Knicks just don't have the contracts to give back the, the, the Pelicans have actual players right. that Houston would at least consider you know one of them being blood by the way so I it's uh, I, a, <laughs> I don't know I, I think I, I think I, I guess what I'm trying to do is is in my mind I'm trying to make a, a situation better for Zion right now and I think Steven Adams does help that uh, I'm not sure that Lonzo and Brandon Ingram in their current states help. So Harden would immediately. Russell Westbrook would immediately. It would take pressure off Zion. It would let him slow play. But also, you might win a bunch of ball games too.
1: Well, and, and if, you're, if you're New Orleans, you, you, you sort of have to operate under the impression that Zion may just walk. At the end of this contract, because he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. That's a fair point. So, so better if, now if than you, later. Yeah, good point. Better, better now. You you have him for at least three more years. Your window. You have to think in the presence of. I only have three years with Zion. I need to do what I can and to doesn't win. That right sync up with, with Harden's
0: him. contract, isn't it yeah, two plus and one Westbrook?
1: Yeah. Uh, he, let's so see, he's got exa- even yeah, more got reason got to think
0: about that. This could be one big core. Yep. You know, that we're going to go all in for three years
1: with these superstars in Zion and see what the hell happens. I think it's perfect. And then in 2023, where they could be operating on a new CBA at that point yeah. and all these contracts could be off their books and then they can you know go from there. But I think if you're New Orleans – in the mindset, you have to operate as if Zion is going to be gone in three years and just say well, we got to do what we can to win now. Even though the West is a slugfest, you got to win now and, and bringing in a Harden or a Westbrook or even let's just throw in John Wall in there, too. Any of those three players could potentially make your roster better. I think all three of those are an upgrade over Lonzo Ball. So why not take a shot at it?
0: Biggest tragedy of the offseason for me is this, Scott. There was, there was, or I guess still is, but probably not a chance that Lonzo and LaMelo could have played together
1: yes. and Seth
0: and Steph could have played together and neither yes. happened. Neither happened. So that's our loss. That would have been fun. All right. Check out The Athletic for even more of this. I mean, we're basically just kind of talking to the microphones here. They do all the dirty work, All right, There are three or four really great pieces breaking down this NBA free agent weekend, all the trades, uh, some of the money as well. And, of course, it's Taysom Hill week, so there's plenty on Taysom Hill and, and what that means for the Saints going forward. Um, let me get your thoughts, Scott. I opened with Carson Wentz. Where is Carson Wentz next year for you? Is he on the bench? Is he still starting for the Eagles, or is he elsewhere?
1: Elsewhere. All right. I think you're the... Uh, Short and dirty. It, you should listen to the,
0: the start of this podcast then, Scott, because I broke down exactly how that can happen. <laughs> All
1: right. Okay. My thanks awesome. to The
0: Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash SpotTrack for 40% off your first year subscription for Scott Allen. My name is Mike Gennetti. Have a th- great Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Track podcast.